Hey everyone, welcome to the Practical Dad Podcast. This is your host, Josh Fitchett, and we are here on episode three, and we are blessed to have another guest with us today. Um, oftentimes, you're just going to hear my voice, um, but I'm trying to bring in a man, some fathers that have done things awesome and have done things not so great, but they're not ashamed a to come and share that and to speak about some of those things so that we can continue to grow as the body and grow as fathers and help our children out learn who our great God is. And so, yeah, excited, always excited about the, the episodes that we're going to do. And uh, with that with that said, let me introduce to you my special guest today is Joe Salinas. Did I say that last name right, brother? Yeah, really well. No, oh, come on, man. Salinas. Yeah. Is that how, how do you say it? So- Salinas. Salinas. But is it Salinas. Jose Santos Salinas. Jose Santos Salinas. Yeah, but man, I think I think our accents are pretty your accent obviously is good because you can speak that Spanish, but from Texas. Too. I gotta practice mine. Yeah, everyone. So Joe Salinas. Uh he's a well, I'm gonna let you you're a, are you married? Do you have children? Oh yeah. Like okay, I got you. Um yeah. Um I am married uh twenty years to uh, my wife Sarah. And uh, we have uh, two daughters. One is a freshman at Mary Harden Baylor in Belton, and um, she's in her second semester there. So that's new territory for all of us. And our second daughter is still at home. She's 13. Her name's Cody Ray, and she is in the eighth grade. All right, man. Awesome. So what do you do? Uh, introduce everybody to what you, yeah. what you do normally in your in your week. Yeah. So uh, I am a, I guess, a radiographer. X-ray tech is kind of like the basic, what everybody calls it. I'm an X-ray tech. I've been an X-ray tech for 20 years. So you just take pictures of people's bones? Yeah, I X-ray people in a hospital setting. Awesome. Uh, I do that in Aspermont, and I travel over there every day except Wednesdays. And uh, Wednesday is just kind of my day to do uh, the things that God puts on my heart towards ministry and ministering to others and taking time to myself, and uh, I'm a part-time youth minister here in Haskell at uh, Eastside Baptist Church, and in January, I started my, I guess, sixth sixth year. Wow. Here? Yeah. Sixth year here? I think so. I, start, I voted in January of 17. Okay. Oh, you were here a year right before I got here. Yeah, and I was there serving as a volunteer prior before to that, that so oh. the way God worked that out is actually one of the more interesting stories in my life. Like, I don't know how he did it, but I'm doing it. So that's the way God works, man. Yeah. We always say, I don't know how he did it, but yeah, <laughs> he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and then I volunteered in youth ministry for a while and children's ministry in, uh, where we lived and went to church in Fort Worth for quite a few years. And uh, so all I've ever known is like volunteer life in the church. And then mm-hmm. God made this happen. And so praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm on staff there, and I do that in X-ray. Sweet, sweet. So, so you've spent, you said twenty. How many years in X-ray? Twenty. Yeah. Man, so what have you have you seen? Some pretty gruesome stuff. I mean, yeah, like so. <laughs> when <laughs> no, I was, I know it's a practical yeah. dad podcast. Well, but. when I was in college and going to school, I was seeing a lot of stuff, and my buddies who were all. At Hardin Simmons, they were very like intrigued by the things that I saw, and so yeah. that was the thing just to sit around and hear what Joe saw today. Yeah, 
and some of them have like memories they'll never let go of stories I've told. Oh, no. But uh, so <clears throat> I went to medical uh, Hendrick Medical Center School of Radiography, and that's a pretty big hospital. But that was back in like two thousand. Mm-hmm. And then um, right after that, I came to Haskell for like nine months, and then took a job with an agency that like takes you and puts you in different places temporarily. So I got to go work at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Hmm. And um, and then from there I went to, well, I think I'm getting mixed up, but I went to a hospital in Massachusetts. And it was like, I didn't realize it then, but that was the second most poverty-stricken city in the state of Massachusetts, and I was working at their county hospital. And, oh, yeah. and so it was super busy and saw a lot of crazy stuff. and. Yeah. Heard a whole different world of Spanish. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was crazy. But um, gruesome things. I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll no, tell you no, later. We'll keep it clean. That yeah, way, that way yeah. we don't get I, I'll say this. There was a lot of times that my world was wrecked just by mm-hmm. seeing what people are going through yeah, and, in the most horrible way. Yeah. And there were other times where you just looked up and realized 12 hours just went by. It was just a flash because it was so busy. Yeah. Man, I can only imagine uh, when I was, so I went to, I was, I got saved when I was 18 years old and it was the the latter part of my senior year and I didn't, I had like a rough plan of what I was going to do. I didn't really know at that point. And, but when I, when the Lord um, showed me the truth, I knew I was called to ministry, but I had no background. I had no clue what to So I was like, man, I don't know what any what church is. I don't know any of these things, but I know I'm called to full-time ministry. So I went to a college to, to begin pastoring or to learn how to pastor because that's the only thing I knew about was a pastor. And uh, then I had a lot of older men who were pastors say, you know, you need to do something else and then study afterwards. And I'm grateful today that I did that. But in between that time frame, that summer, I was considering and praying like, Lord, okay, so what else can I study? And I thought, I'm going to be a physician's assistant. That's what I'll do. I'll be a physician's assistant. And we were going on a men's retreat to New Mexico, and we were driving up there. And I remember we slowed down in a city, and there was all these flashing lights. And so obviously there's an accident. Something's going on. And so we're all looking out the windows because we're from small town. We're nosy. We want to see what's going on. And I just see this motorcycle, like just pieces scattered all over the street. And I'm like, oh no, this is, that was a bad wreck. And it was just the motorcycle. And as we're driving by, then I see a person laying there. Now, I don't know to this day if they were, they died or not. I don't think they died. Um, but just seeing them lay there and in that situation, and it was very clear within that moment, I thought, I can't be a physician's assistant. I can't handle this. Like, really? I'm so thankful for y'all and yeah. the nurses and doctors who can handle that stuff. Yeah. But I was like, no, no, there's no way I can do that. So yeah. I ended up doing the accounting route <laughs> in the last episode. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So before you can even apply to go to x-ray school, back in the day, Hendrick, you had to observe for an entire day. Mm-hmm. So before they would even give you an application, they wanted you to see what it is you would be doing. And I'm pretty sure they tried to show you like the most unappealing parts just to make sure. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember yeah. seeing all those things and thinking, yeah, it's fine. I'm cool with this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you picked two, or I don't know, you didn't necessarily pick, but the Lord picked it for you 
two of the difficult um, areas to work in, pastoring and um, medical. Mm-hmm. With pastoring, they say, if you can do anything else, go do it. Mm-hmm. But if you can't, right. then you're called to it. And that's just the way it is for me. Like, I mean, practically, I can do the other things mm-hmm. with the talents that I have, but I don't have a desire to. Like, I literally want to just, I want to study the Word of God. I want to proclaim the Word of God. I want to pray for people and, you know, visit them. And uh, there's just, that's what I want. That's what I love to do. And so, yeah, man, it's awesome to hear. So let's get on to um, why you're one of my favorite persons in town. <laughs> okay. And that's because this coffee that you brought this morning, <laughs> if you don't know everyone, Joe brought me some warm coffee this morning. Yeah, he I mean, tried to bring me a cold brew and I told him there's something wrong with you, dude. <laughs> it's fresh. I mean, hey. You don't turn down fresh cold brew, but you did. It, it's 40 degrees outside, and he's trying to bring me a cold brew coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's it's only getting better. It's in the fridge. <laughs> it's still brewing. Um, yeah, I got a cold brew for Christmas, so yeah, I'm mm. going to drink it. Um, but yeah, so the reason that I care so much about coffee is because I guess I'm going on almost three years now not drinking soda, mm. but I do appreciate caffeine. Yeah. So... I thought, you know what, I don't, I don't really do anything like as a hobby or anything that I'm just yeah. really into, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to figure out coffee. And honestly, I think that coming off of soda and may not be the same for everybody, but my taste buds changed. I and I feel like I'm kind of honed in as far as like what, what's good coffee, what's, good what's, coffee what's not good coffee. And um Sarah's got a really great palate, my wife, and so sometimes we just talk about what we taste and what we don't taste. So it's just fun to do. But everyday coffee, like just what I brought you, this right. is this. I mean, it's special. It's 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 not something you just buy at the grocery store that was maybe freeze dried or mm. in a warehouse for a long time. But this particular particular coffee came from Austin at a coffee shop I found there called Try Hard Coffee and. Uh, it is their, I guess, their daily drinker. It's South Central mm-hmm. America. They roast it there. And, um, yeah, man, so this stuff got roasted probably a few days before it came, came to my house. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. All right, man, let's, let's, let's transfer this conversation to uh, <clears throat> to some practical dad things. This is the Practical Dad Podcast after, after all, but I uh, just wanted you all to get to know um, Joe a little bit. We'll have him on again so we can talk more about what true coffee is and what's not true coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, man, so when I first asked if you would be interested in coming on the podcast, um, you actually responded with a text and um, just made it sound like you're interested, but I don't know if that was out of the blue. But anyways, the the topic you were, you were considering was on parenting your children individually. Mm. Um, so what... Was that just what? Why did you? <laughs> Probably because that? in the last couple of years, leading into my daughter transitioning, my oldest transitioning to going to college, moving out from the house, and just kind of like reflecting on uh, raising her and mm-hmm. hoping that we did it well and um, hoping that we equipped her well, um, both, you know, practically and spiritually and emotionally and all the things, and then realizing, you know, in that reflection, you just see how, what what all we did, what was it like, and just thinking about it, and then 
thinking of that obviously leads you into your other children. And it's like, man, I'm there's nothing like parenting the second one. So <laughs> Cody Ray requires uh, a totally different kind of parenting that Maddie did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love Cody Ray. She's she's challenges me every day. Um, and I have never had a person challenge me to be the man that I'm supposed to be and that I say I'm called to be and mm-hmm. that I want to be yeah. like like her. Maybe her mother did, but yeah. Cody Ray is so special and unique and um, definitely not afraid to let you know how she feels. And um, she's open. Uh, I've never seen a person be as vulnerable as Cody and honest and real. She's got to be one of the realest people I know. She's only 13, but, I mean, mm-hmm. um, when she decides that she's going to let Dad know what's on her heart, I mean, she and I have had really amazing conversations. I always walk away from that thinking this is what being a dad is all about. Yeah. With Madison, my oldest, I felt like she was always protecting my feelings and her mother's feelings. She wanted to make us happy. She wanted everybody to be okay. She was going to do anything she could to just to make my life easier. And that was from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So parenting her was not hard at all. She's selfless. And not that Cody's selfish, but she's just, Madison's just selfless. And um, she's very kind, very gentle. She's non-confrontational. Um, and she's very obedient. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I used to joke with her. Do you remember when we used to text and we had to use like T9. Uh, when when prote- when predictive text first came out? Okay. And you know when it first came out, and there would be like suggestions of the words you're trying yeah. to type. When I would type Maddie M A D Y, the suggestion at the bottom was always obey. I always thought oh. that was cool. O B E Y. I was like, huh. Maddie, you know when I type your name, that tries to suggest obey. She's yeah. like, that's weird. I think we, you know. It's- any of the dads listening that have more than one child, yeah. um, they can definitely relate in the fact that I think we recognize our children are different, and different's not bad, you know? Um, so I have four children, uh, four, two, and uh, nine months, and I can already, I just see great differences between them. One is, uh, one is more, um, it li- they listen better, and they want to obey, and they don't want to stretch the rules. The other one, just wants to do whatever they want. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I see that you're, you're just different people. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Love them both equally. Um, and, and so what you're saying, I think we all would agree with, like there's, there's differences between our children. And because of those differences, we have to parent a little different. So I want to I want to read a verse okay. because when I was thinking about, okay, yeah, parenting individually, I said, okay, where where do we find this in scripture? Is that is this even true, or is this just some something we made up? Mm-hmm. I think it's true. Um, now this isn't a direct like um, <clears throat> um, this isn't the direct message of this verse, but you can see that truth here, and it, and it's in First Corinthians. He's talking about the spiritual gifts of the church, and so like in verse four, there are variety. That sounded weird on here. There are a variety. That's hard to say. Of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 
For one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, ability to distinguish spirits, um, tongues, interpretation of tongues. And so uh, when for the Christian and the church, we're different. You know, God, we're not all the same. We have different gifts, which means sometimes when we focus or when we do a ministry, we're, we're focused in on where our gift is. And, you know, I'm not going to turn there, but I would also say the parable, parable of the talents would also reveal to us that we live in this world, and, and even the 12 apostles, we live in this world where we are different. And because of those differences, we have to um, meet every person individually. We can't, we can't just do like a cookie cutter kind of relationship with everyone, right? It's different. Right. And I, and so I hear that's what you're saying. And so, yeah, let's, um, let me ask you another question when it comes to like parenting your children different. So how do you, de- how do you find out that they're different? Is it just because you're just spending time with them or, um, is it how you're seeing them interact with like their friends or with their other parts of the family? Like, so I'm guessing I'm, I'm kind of asking you this question is, how do you get to know your child to understand that they are different? Right, right. Um, I think the easy answer is just being present in their lives, um, being interested in them genuinely. Okay, pause. Uh, because that's that's a big statement. Like you, you may, we may not have, think about that. You yeah. said, what did you say again? Being present in their lives Okay, now, and being genuinely interested. In yeah, them. being present in their lives. Yeah. The typical schedule of of men. Well, I mean, you tell me what do you think the typical schedule of a man? Dad's busy Dad. working hard. Yeah, he comes home. What does he do when he gets home? He needs a rest. Yeah, yeah. So he's not. There's no interest there. Uh, there's exhaustion, and it's, it overtakes the interest. Yeah, yeah I think uh, they, we we do love our children. Let but me we get tired. Let me tell you one of the biggest ways I get to know my children, and it's not as personal. It's not first firsthand, but it's through their mother. Mm. So mom calls, says, hey, this is what's going on. And I listen to what's happening while I'm not there. I'm, I'm listening, whether it's good or bad. And she's she's giving me information about my children. And a lot of things at uh, times it's like, sometimes it's bad. So you feel like your wife yeah. is just complaining to you about the kids not being awesome. But Sometimes it's just this is what's going on, and you have to read. You have to really read between the lines, and you can't do that if you're not genuinely interested. Mm. Man, that's, like, you like know tell that. me more about their day, and then you know they might be busy doing homework. She's telling, "Well, this happened. This happened. This happened." It's like we're well, not getting that from the child. Yeah, but you are getting information about your child, and how you process that, I think, is based on how interested you are genuinely. Man, so, so I think practical. Well, your practical tip number one was, you know, be present. Yeah. Uh, I'm, what I'm hearing is practical tip number two is um, partner with those around you. So some of these that are listening, they may not have a, a spouse that may be divorced or something happened, you know. Mm-hmm. And so as a father, you know, partner with those who can, who you can partner with. Uh, listen, go ask their teacher questions about who they yeah. are in the classroom. Yeah. Um, listen to their, their coaches. Mm-hmm. Listen to their Sunday school teacher or who other other people that are around them, their babysitter. Yeah, it, I mean, when you're listening to the information coming from a parent, principal, or coach, 
how are you processing that information? And, and what I mean is like, are you listening for a problem so that you can come up with a solution? Like, mm. uh, like how was my kid today? Yeah. Um, the coach needs to talk to you. Principal, what do we think? Negatively. Yeah. And maybe it is, you know, you don't hear from the head honcho until there's a problem. But <laughs> in that listening, are you listening for the personality of your kid as well as the behavior of your kid? And the root of it is their heart. So yeah. are you listening for the heart of your kid in this? Yeah. And I think that one of the best things we can do as parents is being interested, being fans of our children, genuinely interested in them, is letting those people even into their personality. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think they're letting us into their per- Like, they're totally different at school yeah. than they are with us. Yeah. So we're putting all this information together to come up with who they are. And when you're genuinely interested to find out who they are, you put all that together. Yeah, because... Maybe, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, maybe I'm just... Uh, I think more about it than usual, but I mean, I'm always processing. Man, this it. is awesome. I, I mean, seriously, I love this conversation. Yeah. Um, it's so, it's just so good and and helpful and makes you think about things. Um, yeah, you have to have genuine interest. I was as you were saying that, like I was thinking about how the Lord formed us. Yeah. You know, and. And our fingertips that shows our uniqueness, every one of us. And yeah. so as fathers, when we're saying we have an interest in our children, um, we have an interest in who God has created and who God has gifted us with and how God has gifted that person. And area and as fathers, protection areas of, okay, where is it in their, their lives where um, maybe harm can be done? Um, and how can we help in that area? Because ultimately, we're trying to, we're not just trying to make what the what the world says good kids, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to make kids, uh, or, or not not make, we're trying to point our kids to Jesus yeah, so that they know um, what life is all about and then help them along with that journey. Um, sure. Yeah, like, you know, who am I? What do you, who do you... Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big feedback person. Mm-hmm. Like somebody says to me, "Who am I?" I go to Sarah and I say, "Hey, Sarah, who am I?" Like, tell me who I am. What do you see? Yeah. So I, because of that, I process things that way. And so with my kids, I'm like trying to sit, let them know what I see, and then say, "Have you thought about how you're this way because you're uniquely gifted?" But mm-hmm. what God's trying to do with that? Like, mm-hmm. what is your purpose? So I'm always trying to point them towards. You know, what, what is your purpose there? Like Madison right now, I love her, but she's very timid. And she loves church, but she has had trouble finding somebody to go to church with mm-hmm. her. So she hasn't been going because she's nervous to go. And she's, she actually gets sad about having mm-hmm. to be alone. And I know she wants to go, but uh, it's almost like, I mean, she's totally frozen. But so I'm thinking to myself, okay, how can I realize and know what I know about her to encourage her to realize that she needs to be in community with other people. So like I tell her, you know, I try to be encouraged. Like, it's okay. I'm sorry that you're sad. I'm sad with you. And, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe it's not that God's going to send somebody along 
and then you go to church together, but maybe just maybe like you're being called to be brave and you're going to go by yourself and you're going to make a friend there and then you'll be going together. But I guess the point I'm trying to say is that because of who she, she is, she might struggle with having to trust, you know, what God's calling her to, to, to do something as simple as going to church by yourself. Um, and she knows her purpose. Like she knows she's supposed to be in community. She loves to serve. She just hasn't made it there. Mm-hmm. So God's working in her life to get her to see that. And I'm just trying to point her to that based on what I know. So I don't push that hard. Yeah. There have been times I've pushed Maddie hard. I won't yeah. lie. Yeah. You know, um, well, you know, Oh man, there's so much to to that we could go off there. Um, let's just hone in on on this fact that, like, knowing when to push and when not to push, like the discernment there to say, okay, like I need to help my child and encourage and and give them a little bit of a budge. And then there are times where you don't. We have to be patient. And I think what you're doing is awesome with, like, trying to be patient and trying to encourage and um, because. Reading your kid. I mean, think about when a kid, I mean, when we went off, or I don't know if you did, but I, when I went off, like I was ready to go. I was like, see y'all. Um, and I remember my parents crying in, in the parking lot. It was the final, I got the last stuff out of my truck at college and uh, finally off by myself, right? And I, I gave my dad a hug, my mom a hug, and my dad was crying. I, he doesn't cry very often. And he was crying. And I, And honestly, in that moment, I was like, as I walked away, I was like, I wonder why my dad was crying. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm just going. And now that I have children, I'm like, whoa, like, I don't want to see him go. I'm going to be crying too. Yeah. <laughs> and so I realized how much my dad actually uh, loved me. Um, but for me, I'm more, I'm not someone who's um, hesitant in those kind of, I can, I'm good. Yeah. I'm by myself. Yeah. And my two, like my two boys, the oldest, one is shy. Like he, the award, they do an awards thing every six weeks at their school. Yeah. He does not go up there. They call his name. He, he will not go. He'll yeah. just stand there. Yeah. And I've tried to encourage him and tried to, to nudge him a little. He won't. It's, yeah. it's, he's, he doesn't need to walk that stage. Yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not ready for that. And, right. but the other one, oh man, he's all over the place. He didn't care. He's just like, hey, everyone, like, what do you, and so, yeah, when we do that, like, I, there, I guess, I'm going to just point these out. I see another practical step there as dads is, okay, um, knowing if your child's more inward or outward and then know how to push and when not to push and how much to push. Yeah. So, yeah, man, good thing. Good good work. Uh, And just to rewind, you know, being present, I feel like that's kind of like be present. That's real vague for a dad. It's like be present how? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the obvious thing that people are always pointing to is like, well, when you're in the room with them, be in the room with them. Yeah. Um, but That's there's excellent. times where we're just chilling. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on my phone. You're on your phone. But there's times where it's like obvious time where you could yeah. talk. That's the next episode, man. Yeah. Next episode is on yeah on how to be, be present. Yeah, how to be present. All right. And then you and, and I think it all stems from. You know, and being uniquely in, or being genuinely interested in them is just about. I mean, 
there are people that come into your life that you genuinely are interested in. And if we're being honest, there's some people that just don't hold our attention. Yeah. If your child is one of those people that just don't hold your attention, that, in my mind, can't be okay. Like, yeah. you have to attack that. Yeah. Like, it's probably it's sinfulness. Is what I going need to on. be interested yeah. in yeah. my child, and yeah. there I'm I'm guilty of that. There are times I'm like, we're just all selfish, is the thing. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then, you know, when they're little, it's like, Dad, Dad, I really got to tell you, I really got to tell you something. Like, Let me just finish what I'm doing, and then we'll do that. And then when you finally peel away to go look, oh, well, I just want to show you this Lego piece. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you know, we're all, we're all, <laughs> like, really? Like, like you said, we're, we're all selfish. And so, and this is the rawness of being a dad is sometimes you don't want to do that. Yeah. Or a mother, and a mother too. But even as a child, like, the children aren't always interested in being around. I don't want to be around dad. I don't yeah. want to be around mom. Um, yeah. So, well, and I grew up. I grew up in this town, and my dad is a farmhand, so I know the culture of farming and family. Mm-hmm. And there's this time when dad's just not there. Yeah. But it made the time with dad so special. Like yeah. dad's working. Dad's working. When's dad coming home? Well, because it's dark outside. Well, you know, he's. We're in the middle of like. We're in the middle of cotton harvest, so yeah. it's everything you can to get this stuff out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now we're in the middle of planting season, and it had been raining, and now it's dry. It's perfect time. Get it done. You know, you got to go when the Lord lets you go. Yeah. And so growing up in that, you know, you can't hold that against your dad. Like, So when well, there were times when I was in school, and I would see my dad, like, actually, if you're from Haskell, you'll know there's a place where you can park at the football field which is outside of all the fencing between the f- football field and the Little League field. Mm-hmm. So there's just this corner. And every now and then I'd look over there, at my, like a night game, and I'd see his truck there. Hmm. And that meant a lot to me then. Yeah, you know, he, he, he pulled up in time to watch from a distance. And I'm like, well, how could you actually see me? Mm-hmm. But he was there. Yeah, the fact that he was there. Yeah. And, and, you know, as, as a lot of us who are dads, like I, I mentioned earlier, I had a dad who cried when, and he never cried, but yeah. he did cry when I left. And a lot of people, a lot of them, a lot of you guys who may be listening to this may be like, I don't even know my dad, yeah. or yeah. my dad was a jerk and he beat me, or yeah. um, he, he ran made away. me play those sports, yeah, he made me do these things. Yeah. Like, yeah, we so we you know we're, we're not we can't get into all of that today, but we definitely recognize yeah there's some some painful things that you had to face. I, I was listening to this or I was watching this documentary the other day and I think it was Kirk Franklin who was on there and um, I want to say that he didn't know his dad or his dad left him and then his he overheard his mom say I don't want that kid and she gave him away um, and just I mean think about the trauma or the pain that you feel and then when you have a child like those things if you don't ever uh, process those and find some healing there it's going to definitely impact how you do things but but think about that kid who says, "Oh man, I'm not even my, my parents aren't even interested in me." Yeah. And so that's what what you're saying is starting here is like we have to have a genuine interest for our children. And when we have a genuine interest, then we begin to know who they are individually, and when we learn individually who they are, yeah. we know how to speak to them differently. Yeah. So, so then it brings up this question because you're doing these things yeah. and you're like, "Hey Maddie, this is, you know, you did this, you're grounded for a week." Uh, uh, Cody Ray, you did this. You're grounded for two days. What? 
I got grounded for a week. What's going on? Uh, yeah. And you, so I can hear your your our children saying, "Well, you, that's not fair. You treated me different." So how how do you have those conversations with your children about the differences that you're or how you're parenting them differently and why you are? Mm. So I guess are we trying to do like apples to apples here? Because like, are you saying like, okay, when you ground somebody for a week, like the punishment fits the crime, but like, are you saying like the the crimes were the same, but the punishments were different? Yeah. Oh yeah, they weren't different. Okay, but I'm saying, do you think they should be? Um, well, okay, so okay, so to follow along what you're saying, can I give an example to help? Maybe you could, but I'll say this: I've taken I've taken like things away from Cody yeah, a lot what, longer than Maddie because it takes longer for her to process. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, 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 definitely. So when they respond with "This just isn't fair," how you're doing this? Yeah, what should our response be? Um, well, I don't know what it should be, but I know like if Cody came to me and said, well, you know, when you took Maddie's phone away, it was never for more of a week or two. Well, I'll just be honest with her and say, look, I believe it's going to take you longer to get to an understanding of why you did this. Like, so there's a heart, I'll tell her there's a heart issue here. I'm not interested in changing your behavior. And that's what I'm talking about talking with Cody. I mean, she gets this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like God gave me her at the exact time when I, now that I speak different as a father. Yeah. Well, with Maddie, it was just like, I, all I knew and was equipped for is like that was bad. Here's the punishment, and and she processed it in that time. It's so funny. You think you know something, but God knows exactly what you're capable, like able to do. He's yeah. just working in the most mysterious ways. But so with Cody, it's like, look, babe. There is a heart issue here, and we can we can just give you a week away from something, and maybe you'll change your behavior, or you can take the time you need to realize why you needed that much time away from it. Mm-hmm. So we went on this winter retreat just this past weekend, and she hasn't had her phone for really quite a while, and um, probably before Thanksgiving, long time. And so we're, uh, we come back on Sunday, and Sunday afternoon, I wanted to go fishing at the park, and I asked her to come with me. And, of course, she always willing to go with me. And so we're sitting out there in our chairs, and, of course, fish aren't biting. And I just brought up the whole, think you're ready to get your phone back. She says, yeah, I think I am, which I expected that answer from her. Like, of course. And um, so we got an opportunity to talk about, like, why you lost it, what's going to be different, Right. why you have limitations, why you can't use certain things. These things are harmful to you on a, on a spiritual level um, and potentially could be seriously harmful on, on like an actual, like mm-hmm. talking to strangers on the Internet is yeah. not safe. And uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm reading her and seeing, okay, yeah, I'm ready to try to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, I hear what I'm taking out of that. Um, that was helpful to me is transparency and clear communication, mm-hmm. I think. So, like, when I'm talking to my child and when they say, well, that's not fair. And we say, well, you know, I can understand where you're seeing that from. Um, but I'm trying to treat you 
um, the way that you are. The, the, you're you're different than your brother. Um, and there's things that are going to be flip flop. Like, and give an example of the past, or um, just give that um, reality of the future. That sometimes in the future, there's going to be things that um, that I take away from them or do this for them because my ultimate goal is for you to recognize um, that this is not how the kingdom of God functions. And I know you may reject that and you may even rebel against that um, when you're out of this place. And I pray that that doesn't happen because I want to show you um, what God says is the best way of life. Um, and so I think transparency there, like the harmful things of that and, and walking with them through those things. Look, I'm, I'm scared or, or um, worried for you in this situation because this is what can happen. Um, the, the other day, my kid was, man, I, it's crazy. They're riding bikes out front and we live out in, at the, at a country school way out there in the country. And, um, <clears throat> anyways, I've told them, you know, don't go so far or whatever. Well, our little one, our two year old starts saying, Hey, Lige's out there. He's right. He's riding his bike far. And I see him and he's at a distance where he can hear me. So I just say, Lige. And uh, his name's Elijah, but I just call him Lige or Lige. And uh, he hears me. He hears me. He just, he kind of looks at me and he, this isn't of his character. He doesn't do these things. Mm-hmm. And I say, Elijah. And he hears me again and he just does it. And I finally scream at the top of my lungs because he's, he's riding his bike towards the highway mm-hmm. and he still ignores me. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's quiet outside. He could hear me. Mm-hmm. And he, this is so unlike his character. And he just starts riding down there. And, uh, man, inwardly, my blood was boiling because I'm like, this kid is not listening. Yeah. And he, and then I'm, I'm nervous for him because I'm like, he's going to get hit by a car. Yeah. And so I have to run down. I'm in my sand, my chanclas, my sandals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the little one's there. I'm like, Lucas, you stay here. And I'm going down there. And then he stops at the fence and he's just sitting there looking and hanging out. And again, this is just so unlike him. Yeah. And I finally get to him and I said, buddy, did you hear me? He goes, no. I said, you didn't hear me. And he, he heard me. I said, this, you don't lie. And I said, come on, we're going to go sit in time out. And so I grabbed his bike and we walked back to the house. I, I mean, he didn't get to ride his bike back to the house. And I, I'd rather him ride it because there was no yeah. pain trying to pull it all the way. It was like half a mile. But <laughs> yeah. And so we got to the house and, and uh, <clears throat> You know, I was pretty angry. Uh, well, when I talked to him, I didn't like um, yell at him or anything. Um, even though inwardly I wanted to express my anger, but he wouldn't understand at that age. Right. And 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 again, that's not even an issue that we that that should have happened. That's another episode: anger and what you do. Yeah. And so when I got to the house, I'm grateful that I had that I'm married and have a wife. And I said, I need you to talk to him because um, I just can't. I can't uh, talk to him right now. That happens all the time you know in my house. Oh yeah, like, like just, you're gonna this. Yeah, that's uh, translation. Like back in the day, like your son. You want to know what yeah. your son did? Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically communicating. You're you're gonna need to deal with this yeah. right now because I know I'm about to lose it. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, self control. Yeah. Right. So if I t- if I do this, I'm gonna blow a gasket. Yeah. And I would rather I need you to do it and explain the harms. Yeah. And I gotta walk out here for a little bit and gain my composure and talk to the Lord. And then, so my wife took care of it. He sat in time out for a little bit. And then I said, whenever he's ready, whenever you're ready, let him come play again. And he came back a little bit later and he said, I'm sorry, dad. 
and I gave him a hug and I just said, Hey buddy, you just, I just want you to be careful. You need to, you know, Listen. you can drive, you can ride right here and have there and fun. But, uh, um, man, I totally lost why we were talking about that story, but the, I guess the point was, you know, how I'm trying to, to be clear with him yeah. and trying to explain things to him. And he's one that you sit in time out for five minutes. Yeah. And he's the other one, dude, you can, it doesn't matter what you do. He's not going to listen. Yeah. He will not listen. So with him, you kind of have to live with that tension of, you know, there's nothing that I do that is ultimately he's not gonna at the in five minutes he's not gonna be like I'm sorry dad yeah. he's just going to be hard headed and uh, he he just doesn't care what you say yeah and that's but gonna you still push, have to do yeah it. and that's gonna push your limits right because you find out just how far you're willing to go to to help your kids learn because like Maddie's like like Elijah in that it's only gonna take five minutes and it's only gonna take one time right but I realize with Cody it's gonna take. It's going to be an ongoing process. Yeah. But it's that's gonna, the point. Yeah. The, and, and it may not, you know, may not be an extended right. punishment, but it may be a small punishment to be clear. Yeah. Well, listen, it's not acceptable. Now, I know. And yeah. my point is that you may have to do this whole lesson again. Yeah. Like, this is not going to be a one and done. Yeah. Like, But isn't that what the Lord does to us? Oh, yeah. You and I. There's so much grace exemplified in that because. It's a constant thing. And I, I mean, so when I think about Cody and this thing and Grace, I it brings kind of a grin to my face. Like, <laughs> I hate how clear the, the gospel is right now in this situation because I'm like basically in some weird way eating crow. Like, all right, God, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And you show me Grace, I show this kid Grace. That's right. So. Man, definitely. I, so when you were talking about your children, I was thinking <clears throat> this picture came to my mind of chisels. No, it's a good chisel, but a chisel. And they they God uses them to chisel us in different ways. They're two different two there are however however many kids you have, yeah, they're all a different type of chisel. Mm-hmm. And so a master craftsman, woodworker, right? He knows which one to use in specific areas, one for detail, one for bigger um pieces. And I'm like, man, these children are like that. Like they show me my sin and expose that. And it gives me another opportunity to go to the Lord and see his grace to say, man, God, there, I literally cannot be saved without your grace because you just show me so much of my sin, but you do it not out of, not out of anger towards me, but you do it out of love and to conform me to Christ. And so we take that model and we say, okay, we need to do this with our children. Yeah, we have to be graceful, but we have to show them, like it. How unloving would it be to not show them that their own um, errors are fault? In, in other words, they steal from the store, and you're like, "Ah, don't worry about it, no problem." Like that's not loving. That, yeah. that, that's so unloving. It's funny you said that because we went through that with the oldest one when she was little. Yeah. It just made me think of that story. It was really funny. Yeah, yeah, because we were at a Kroger. And uh, we get out to the car. And I'm putting her in a car seat, so she's obviously young enough to still be in a car seat, forward facing. Buckle her in, and she's just right in front of me eating candy. <laughs> like, and so there's this possibility that her and mom put it in the on the conveyor when I wasn't yeah. looking. I say, hey, where'd you get the candy? She, Sarah, did you give her this candy? She's not saying anything. Where'd you get the candy? She's like, she got real quiet. She stopped unwrapping it. She ne- it never even made it to her mouth. And she says, uh, I taked it. 
Oh, no. I was like, you what? She's like, I taked it. And I was like, the party's like, no way. This kid just stole a piece of candy. Yeah, it's unreal, unreal. The same time I'm remembering all the times I stole candy from the Brock's, you know, mm-hmm. way out your own candy. I was like, I ain't going to miss one candy. But um, anyway, sorry, modern way. <laughs> you might, you might yeah. think about uh, giving them some money back. Yeah, yeah, five cents. Uh, so anyway, so I'm like, okay, well, you can't take candy from the store. So take her inside, ask for the manager, and here she is tiny. Yeah. And I, I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm like, tell the man what you did. Mm-hmm. She's crying. She can't even get it out. I'm like, tell him what you did. And he's standing there like, I can't believe you and I are torturing this child. Like, yeah. like she needs to tell you, she, I take this candy. Like, oh, you can't do that. You know, and he's mm-hmm. trying his best to, like, how do you talk to this precious little yeah. three-year-old and give it back? And so she hands it over. It's like it's opened, right? He throws it throws it in the trash. Says, you can't do that. That's, that's against the law. And um, I'm sure that your daddy would have would have bought it for you or, you know, if you – really needed it or whatever. I can't remember what he said. He's just kind of fumbling around. So we walked out of the store, and she was heartbroken. That kid never did that again. Never. This is just one time. So then when you get to child number two, which I'm trying to think. We haven't had an exact moment like that, but. um, Character is different. Yeah, the character is different. The way they respond to things is different. They go in, and they're like, here's your candy bag. Yeah, and then like, they go back next time and yeah, get it again. Yeah. yeah, and so that's true. That's just the reality yeah. of our children. So, but you think to yourself, you know, that you can just cookie cutter it, like you said mm-hmm. at the beginning, and it's just it's just not that way. And I think I don't think anybody's that naive that they would believe that that would work. Yeah. Um, but you know, you were talking about like trauma from childhood. <laughs> when you were talking about that, I was like, man, all my trauma was like self induced, like. Mm. Any beating I got, I had it coming. Yeah. Um, and so when I think about those things, I, I don't process it. And like, man, my dad was my dad was too hard on me, and I'm never gonna do that to my kids, right? It's like, gosh, I was a total punk, and yep. he didn't know what to do with me, and so I got the belt, and I'm not traumatized by the belt. I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was a punk. How did you handle yeah. me? Yeah. And. So now when I see kids, like in the youth ministry, I see kids that remind me of me and I just kind of smile like, you'll get there, bro. Yeah. Yeah, they just need leaders to be be with them the whole time and let them, you know, um, in their mess, you still love them. Right? Yeah. So the things that I say practically to fathers. Yeah, so close us out with what you is, And I this is not original and nothing I say rarely is uh, learning to read, listen to podcasts and pick up what I can. And sometimes I don't always throw the credit where credit's due. I'm trying to think of where I heard this. But basically, practically, it's just a battle for your kid's heart. Mm. Like every day you wake up and say, I'm going to fight for my kid's heart. And I think that changes for me how I go about being their dad. I'm ultimately battling for their heart. So I'm pointing them towards Christ. I am trying to be Christ. And I am seeing the lessons in there for me myself. And so I am, I'm not just trying to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out and remember, you know, how sin is working in their life, how Satan is working in their life, and battle 
for their heart with truth. And sometimes they don't want to hear it. Yeah. Dad's preaching again. Mm-hmm. It's like, baby, they're, you know, I, well, I think one time the girls were on the car and they were like, you know, we just hate how you're always like preaching, preaching. Or bringing, and to them that means bringing up scripture. Yeah. And, I, and we're all in the car, all four of us. I'm like, and I'm laughing. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. They're like, what? I said, having, I mean, Deuteronomy 6 says, I'm supposed to do this. I am doing what the Bible tells me to do. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, talk about the things of God all the time, applying it all the time. How am I supposed to ignore this? Yeah. Like, what do you want from me? This is what I'm called to do. And they're just like, okay, we get it. I'm like, I'm not going to (laughs) stop. This is how we do life. Yeah. To the point where I've even heard, I won't say which child, but like, I don't want to be in a Christian family. Yeah. And that, that is the struggle. Yeah. Like being called to live mm-hmm. um, not for yourself. Yep. And yep. so basically, I guess you were talking about wrapping it up. It's like battling for your kid's heart is a battle. And it's a, it's a battle worth fighting. And the payoff may not always be right away. Uh, and it's, it's every day. Man. Well, thank you, Joe, for coming in. Appreciate that last word and just the last almost hour that we've had. I'll definitely have to bring you back in and talk some more, have some conversations. Um, any of you on listening, you can you can email us at the parent practical dad podcast at gmail.com. Until yeah. next time. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, let me know about the emails because that's kind of where like I start to perk up is the questions, like yeah, the feedback. Cool. Yeah. I don't, cool. I don't mind hearing like you don't know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Let me think about that again. Hey, well, but, yeah, I'll, I'll close us on that. Yeah. No, we are not at all uh, professionals <laughs> in the in the dad business, and I, I definitely am not. And so that's what this podcast is for, is to again, you know, just bring the real rawness of dadding, dadding. That's a new word of dadding, <laughs> fathering, <laughs> fathering, and uh, man, let's learn together. You know, let's grow together. And we, let me just remind us, we have a great God who's patient with us and will show us that. All right, y'all. Well, hope you'll join in uh, the next episode. Look forward to it. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode. Just want to remind you, if you have questions that you'd like to ask us or maybe future episodes that you would like for us to explore, you can email us at practicaldadpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you just have an opinion or um, uh, just something you want to share with us, we'd love to hear that news. Once again, it is practicaldadpodcast at gmail.com.